Hello, everybody. Welcome. As we continue on in our study, um, now through the Old Testament, uh, chapter by chapter, we're looking through the Bible together. We finished a five-year study in the New Testament a couple of months ago. We're digging into the Old Testament. We're in chapter uh, 13 tonight of Genesis. We will continue to work through chapter by chapter until we finish the whole thing or until Jesus comes back, whichever comes first. And uh, we got a 15-year run on the Old Testament, so we got a while. For that, we're looking forward to it. Remember, it's important to um, read through the Scripture this way. Context is so important. Uh, particularly in the New Testament, we needed to lay down the foundation of what's taking place and uh, why some of those things are written and who they were written to and what questions were being answered so they don't get out of context. Now we go back into the Old Testament and we're going to fill in uh, sort of how that all came to be and what that looks like and what was going on. They, they help under you, you understand one by the other. And uh, so it's very helpful to know both. Also remember, as we look through the Old Testament, we're watching what's known as the crimson thread of redemption that started in Genesis 3.15 and leads us to Jesus. We will see that weaving throughout the entire Old Testament. And understanding that begins to make um, a lot of the things that are happening seem to make more sense uh, than just kind of reading them without knowing how these things are sort of working together. We're in Genesis chapter 13 today. Uh, it's a short chapter, and since I'm a little coldy, I probably won't go real long. And uh, so that's, that's what's going on with that. It's only 18 verses, I think. As we left chapter 12, we saw how um, Abraham, or still Abram at the time, he hasn't had the ha added yet. That'll come. Um, Abram moved from faith to fear uh, in the encounter that he had in Egypt with Pharaoh when he allowed them to take Sarah and sort of told the half-truth that she was his sister and not his wife. She was, in fact, sort of a half-sister. So it was a half a truth, but it was based in fear, not faith. And we know that Abraham is a person of faith, but uh, we also saw how God uses people because we all make mistakes. And, and I said to you, I, I'm again very glad that these guys are left in the book and these stories are written about them because we read about them in Hebrews uh, and we see them as the heroes of the faith and that's how they're known and remembered and that's very cool. Um, but we also see that they were real people who... Um, who didn't always get it right, who made some mistakes. Um, Abram follows out after God, but he sort of goes, he, sometimes he just goes halfway. Uh, he sort of, sort of does it, but doesn't do it all. Um, there's a lot of things that happen, and sometimes he makes some bad choices. Does that sound like any of you or me? We ever do that? Sure we do. And so it keeps us sort of uh, in line with um, uh, knowing that, that what God is looking for is not perfection, because we, we can't get that. Um, it's people who have a heart to try to do the next right thing and when they fall short they repent and get connected again with God and then he moves us along again on the journey it's very important to remember and so what we see in this chapter is Abraham learns his lesson apparently at this point in time he repents I'd like to tell you that he really learns it but unfortunately he's going to pull the same stunt shortly not in this chapter but it's coming up and his son Isaac learns the same trick too about saying oh she's not my wife she's my sister um, it, it's a generational thing and it causes them lots of problems and so um, Abraham gets it though at this point in time he repents um, he goes up out of Egypt so he can really you know remember there was a famine and his, he got sidetracked from where he was headed because of the famine and he had stepped out of the will of God you know by not trusting God in the process and so when you sort of catch yourself and you, you realize you've, you've taken a misstep and you need to pull it back together um, often what you do is you repent and uh, you sort of go back uh, um, to the place where you made the wrong turn. That's what sort of repentance looks like and you get a new start. 
And that's what happens with, with Abraham. It's sort of, you know, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So you get a brand new start and a beginning. I, I like the thought that no failure is permanent in the walk of faith. I like that. We, get, we figure it out, we repent, we turn, we start moving in the right direction. Now, if you, if you uh, looked at this whole sort of series of things that happened in Genesis 12 and now in 13, you might go, well, you know, what happened to Abraham wasn't all bad. Pharaoh gave Abraham a lot of wealth. Uh, Sarah was given her own handmaid, Hagar, and uh, God forgave Abraham and started him over again. So what's the big problem? Um, don't, don't confuse God's amazing kindness and forgiveness with everything just being hunky-dory from the things that you've done. Um, the big problem is, is here's what happens. Everything that Abraham receives in Egypt causes him trouble. Um, the great wealth that he acquired meant that he and Lot could no longer be together. We're going to see that. They had to separate with leads into trouble. Hagar, the Egyptian maidservant that uh, Sarah acquired in the process, she's going to cause a big problem because through Hagar comes Ishmael. And uh, that's an ongoing problem to this day, still having happened. Uh, having sort of um, seen all that Egypt had to offer, Lot um, really loses faith. And um, you're going to see that Lot walks by sight, not by faith. In great contrast, Abraham. Uh, and all these things are because of their disobedience. So even though God is with them and for them and moving them along, there's still, you know, some mess. Uh, and I only say that to say that, you know, with God we are straightened out. And you know from Abraham, um, in, in when we read about him in Hebrews, it's all good with God. That's not the issue. But that doesn't mean that the things that we do, and sometimes we will face consequences for wrong choices. It doesn't mean God doesn't love us, forgive us, give us a brand new start. It just means sometimes there's some stuff that happens from getting outside of where we needed to be with God. So, you know, don't confuse the two. We're not perfect. We make bad choices. But... But understand that it's, it's not like a pass. So I think that's where some people really have trouble with the message of grace, is they think it's a pass on, on doing things that you shouldn't do. And it's not a pass. It's a new start. But oftentimes, the things that we did outside of the will of God have consequences that impact us and can continue to impact us. And, and this is part of the deal. So that's what's happening as we press on here in Genesis 13. Like I said, it's only 18 verses. I'm reading out of the NIV. You can read whatever translation you would rather read. It's also in your notes in the NIV, and it probably will show up if it shows up in the NIV. Here we go, verse 1. So Abram went up from Egypt to the Negev with his wife and everything he had, and Lot went with him. Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. From the Negev he went out from place to place until he came to Bethel to the place between Bethel and Ai where his tent had been earlier and where he had first built an altar. There Abram called on the name of the Lord. Now Lot was moving about with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents. One, well, I'll, can't, I'll can't talk to that in a minute. There's something about that, those two statements, the difference between Abram and Lot. But the land could not support them while they stayed together. For their possessions were so great they were not able to stay together. And quarreling arose between Abram's herdsmen and the herdsmen of Lot. The Canaanites and the Perizzites were also living in the land at that time. So Abraham said to Lot, Let's not have any quarreling between you and me or between your herdsmen and mine, for we are brothers. Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Lot looked up and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan was well watered, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt toward Zoar. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. 
So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out toward the east. The two men parted company. Abram lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. The Lord said to Abraham, Abram, after Lot had parted from him, Lift up your eyes from where you are, and look north and south, east and west. All the land that you see I will give you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. So Abraham, so Abram moved his tents and went to live near the great trees of Mamre at Hebron, where he built an altar to the Lord. And blessed be the word of the Lord. Excuse me for a moment. Thank you. <laughs> That's going to look funny on the video. There's nothing I can do about it. Uh, okay, so, uh, in, in the beginning of Genesis 13, first couple of verses, um, it, um, shepherds um, and, and uh, owners of cattle could acquire great wealth back in Abram's time. Um, Abraham's wealth, Abram's wealth, not only included silver and gold, but also livestock. And um, the animals were a valuable commodity used for food, clothing, tent material, sacrifices. They were often traded for other goods and services. Um, Abraham, uh, Abram was able to watch his wealth grow and multiply daily. Uh, and so um, Abram's very well off at this point now, and also so is Lot. Um, so much so that the land can't support them both. And because, you know, they're fighting over water and things that to supply their, their herds, the herdsmen begin to quarrel. So, so you know, they're, they're in a strange place where they should be working together, because they're, they're kinspeople, uh, kinsfolk, they should help one another. They, the quarreling breaks out amongst them, and they're starting to have issues. So, because of this conflict with his uh, nephew Lot, Abram took the initiative in settling the dispute. Very cool. Family matters, conflict, somebody getting in there is good. He gives Lot first choice. Um, even though Abram, who was older, uh, had the right to choose first, but he, um, he lets uh, Lot go ahead and do that. And so Abram was willing to, to um, you know, be even cheated if that's what it took to settle the conflict. He was going to do what mattered. Um, they were surrounded, verses 7 and 8, by hostile neighbors. And, and um, uh, you know, because the, the Canaanites were there and the Perizzites were there. And they didn't like Abram and, and Lot and all their people. And so these guys should have banded together so that they could be a force in that area. But uh, as I said, they're arguing with one another. They, there's little jealousies are pulling them apart. And... Uh, uh, sometimes this happens today in the church, in the body of Christ in general. We let little tiny things get in the way while the enemy's having a field day. And uh, we certainly shouldn't be doing that, but it's the exact same story happening and continues to happen. Um, verses 10 and 11, we see a lot about Lot's character in the choices that he's about to make. Because what he does is, he takes the best share of the land, even though it means living near Sodom, which is a city known for its sin. So he, he makes his choice out of greed. He wants the best for himself. He doesn't think about Abram's needs or what's fair in the process. And uh, he just, he goes, he looks, and he chooses the very best for himself. Abram is certainly not worried about his future because he knows that everything's in the hand of God at this point. And, um, and so, again, that's really important. When, you, when, you, when you're aware of who God is in your life and that he's got you no matter what, um, it, it, it doesn't make any difference who's 
first, who's second, who's last. It just it becomes insignificant. It's it's more about listening to what the Lord would have you. Um, in verse five, there was a thing about Lot, and the the difference in verses five and six, because Abram had you know all these things, and he had tents, and he had made an altar so he could worship and remember to worship. Lot had all those things but no altar. Significant difference. What meant is that that means that Lot didn't have you know he didn't he wasn't asking God to help him in his decisions and so instead of lifting his eyes to heaven in his decision he looks at the things of the world the plains in Jordan and uh, he, he, uh, he makes his decision based on what his eyes see and so um, th- this is a significant problem and one we still need to be careful of today remember that the thing about Abram that we know uh, in Hebrews is that he lived by faith and not by sight and so if you didn't catch what just happened Lot is the exact opposite of that Lot's living by sight, not by faith. And uh, it doesn't really go well for Lot and his family. We'll see that in a few chapters. Uh, Their choices catch up to them. And uh, so so what Lot uh, chooses is, uh, you know, what looks good to him. Here's some good land. Here's some good water. Uh, There's some, you know, looks like some fun over there in the the city we can have. We can be close to things that are happening. And, uh, and what he doesn't take into account is those things are going to destroy ultimately his family because his family is going to be pulled into that life instead of the life of following the Lord. So that's kind of the main stuff for tonight. And uh, if it's okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop it there. I can sort of save my voice for the weekend and uh, what's coming. So it needs to rest. But um, lots of good stuff. Uh, read through that. And, and if you know, catch that, the difference there between Lot and Abram. That's significant. You know, Abram lived by faith, not by sight. Lot chose the exact opposite life. He lived by sight instead of by faith. And that's what ultimately um, is his downfall and the downfall of his family. All right, so that's what we're going to do for today. If you're upstairs, would you please turn the video off? Let me know that you're doing that. Thank you very much.